on today's episode of Power of the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts, the Vancouver Canucks. Do they still have a chance at a playoff spot? We'll get into all of that after their loss against the Ottawa Senators last night, but a triumphant victory against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Tuesday night. And we end the show with an impassioned plea to Canucks ownership to re-sign two important pieces of the Vancouver Canucks staff. Should be a good one. You'll be saying wow every time you use this towel. He's not a person at all. He's a towel. You're a towel. But in Vancouver, mainly it's all about towel power. Are you ready? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Friday episode of Power the Towel, the solo episode part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts. I'm your host, Nick Bondi. Once again, make sure to subscribe to the Next Misconduct Network wherever you get podcasts. One swipe, one tap, as we like to say on this network. Make your hockey life a little bit better. And it's been an interesting few days for the Vancouver Canucks. I said on our Tuesday show, I was interested to see how the Canucks responded after that Sunday win against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Again, the biggest home underdog to win an NHL regular season game. In recent NHL history, I believe it was uh, I believe it was Elliot Freeman on the 31 Thoughts podcast who said since 2006. So that goes to show you how improbable that game was. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs Sunday night. But I said at the time, I said on that, on that Tuesday episode, I was interested to see how the Vancouver Canucks responded in that Tuesday game because I could foresee a situation where they're hopped up on adrenaline that Sunday game, and then Tuesday, maybe they fall fly on their face. Well, that didn't happen because they got way better goaltending than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Came back from a 3-2 deficit, and it was it was not looking good after that 3-2 goal. I think a, a lot of teams in that situation would have packed up and said, all right, well, we don't have a chance in this game. But credit to the Canucks, they bounced back. Niels Hoaglander scored a goal. Tanner Pearson, that 5-3 goal, just absolutely terrible goaltending from Dave Rich. That shot was legit going wide. It was going wide. And David Rich knocks it into his own net. Absolutely laughable, laughable goaltending. <laughs> terrible. They were terrible. They're terrible. The Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending. The whole situation is terrible. You know, Kyle Dubas likes to think he's the uh, the smartest GM in the room. What kind of smart GM completely ignores their goaltending situation as a team who claims to be legit Stanley Cup contenders? I think that's going to be the big downfall of the Leafs in the playoffs. They're going to, you know, a small, you know, seven-game series like that, goal, shit, goaltending can sink you especially when they go up against a goalie like maybe a Connor Hellebuck, and I know he didn't have that great of a game last night, 
against the Leafs on Thursday, but still, I'd take Connor Hellebuck over pretty much any goalie in the North Division. He is the best goalie in the North Division, but this is not a Leafs podcast. I digress. Huge win for the Vancouver Canucks. Four points out of possible four from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Brain Holpe, he, he played well again on that in that Tuesday game. Really cementing himself, hopefully, down the stretch as a credible goalie that the Vancouver Canucks can play with regularity and with confidence. I think it was before the, the COVID outbreak where Brain Holpe, he is a... Uh, his time in Vancouver, I think, was maybe coming to an end because he clearly was not as good as Thatcher Demko. And of course, Demko is still the goalie of the future. He signs a five-year contract for that reason. But I think for the rest of the season, and I stress the rest of the season, it's going to be important for the Canucks to rotate goalies. You're not going to be able to ride a guy like Demko into the ground. And it was interesting, Thatcher Demko, after... After the game last night against the Ottawa Senators, say and admit, I think it, it was very nice for him to to admit. I think it was cool that he did admit it. He he, um, he said, "I don't know if anyone is really at a hundred percent. COVID took a call, toll on all of us. I struggled with it. I think a lot of guys did. Mentioned fatigue, body aches, brain fog, and that's another important thing to to, to notice." throughout the rest of the season. And we mentioned it on the Tuesday episode. How do you evaluate this team the rest of the season knowing what they've been through as a hockey club? It makes it challenging and it makes it, you have to recalibrate your brain. It's hard for me to, to get mad at mad at turnovers, mad at bad performances. Like that Thursday game against Ottawa when I know what they've been through. And let's talk about that Thursday game. The Canucks... I guess credit to them for you know limiting how bad that loss could have been because three nothing doesn't look as bad as as much as it could have been when the when the Sens go two nothing early go two nothing up early and you think oh damn this could get ugly but I guess credit to them they 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 kept it somewhat respectable like three nothing's a bit it could have been that game could have been a lot worse and. You know, I like the play of a guy like Matthew Highmore. You know, good on the forecheck. Doesn't have much on-puck skills. Doesn't look like. But that maybe is the issue for the Canucks going forward is they have guys who are okay like Jimmy VCs and Matthew Highmores. But don't really move the needle for you like as a, as a, as a fourth line. And it, that was a terrible game to watch. I was almost falling asleep. Absolutely terrible game. Not, not much going right for the Canucks offensively. You know, it was one of those games where the, the Canucks couldn't really string a bunch of passes together. And it really, I think, puts a damper in, in the hopes of the Canucks' playoff chances. And right now... As we're recording this, the Canucks have a 9% chance of making the playoffs according to The Athletic. And it was nice to dream about the Canucks' playoff chances after four points against the Leafs. 
And they were in this situation, and they still kind of are because the Flames and the Montreal Canadiens have still fallen off a cliff. Big game tonight against Montreal and Calgary for a playoff spot. The Canucks have more points than the Calgary Flames right right now. And there, I guess there still is a chance. You know, the Canucks do have a lot of games in hand. And you can't lose games you don't play. But I think everyone needs to take a step back and realize that, yes, the Canucks still have a chance to make the playoffs, but it is very much of a stretch. Again, you're fighting for that fourth and final playoff spot the rest of the season. Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, I think they've all pretty much locked up a playoff spot. It's up to that final playoff spot. And we haven't even got into the meat of the Canucks schedule. The Canucks still have not played a back-to-back yet. And they will not play a back-to-back until next week when they have to do the gauntlet of the Senators Wednesday night and the Maple Leafs Thursday night. And that Wednesday game is 2.30 p.m. local time. Early start. But but then afterwards, there's four more back-to-backs after that. You're into the meat of the schedule. And the uh, NHL kind of is easing them into the schedule, but it's still going to be a tough stretch. And the Vancouver Canucks, you look at where they are, 9% chance. Again, you have to win your games in hand. You split this four-game series against the Sens. That's pretty much a wrap. You win these next three games, yeah, you have a chance. But it... I know the feel-good story of the Leafs beating them four time, two times is good, but I still think the Vancouver Canucks have a uh, have a long, long road ahead of them if they do actually harbor aspirations of making the playoffs. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to talk about Travis Green and Ian Clark because everyone's favorite topic right now. Okay, so Travis Green, Ian Clark still do not have contracts. It's looking more and more likely that both will not be retained by the Vancouver Canucks. I think it was uh, Rick Dollywall who said, and apologies if, if, if it wasn't Rick who reported this, I said, Ian Clark, the deadline hasn't been met, so he's gone. Travis Green still hasn't had a contract extension. You maybe think the Canucks play at least somewhat decent down the stretch that the ownership group and that and that is important to to know it is the ownership group who has control I think if Jim Benning had the final say and was allowed to be a bit more autonomous both these guys would be locked up but obviously I don't think he has that autonomy right now and, and Rick Dollywell also reported that the ownership wants the cheapest GM coach combo in the National Hockey League following the highly successful, and I'm saying this very sarcastically, the highly successful Buffalo Sabres model of cheaping out in your front office. And of course, some, it's, you're not going to have a problem finding people to be well underpaid for these jobs. There's, again, there's only going to be 32 of them. There's only going to be 32 of them. You want... If you want to be in this business, you're going to take it. So I'm sure the, Can- the Canucks are going to have no 
challenge five, you know, filling these roles. But it's disheartening. I think Travis Green deserves a con- How does this guy not have a contract extension right now? How does Ian Clark not have a contract extension? If you don't have Ian Clark here, a guy who's helped built this seemingly connects pipeline of goaltenders over the past few seasons, that's going to be a big blow for the organization, not having Travis Green, and especially if he goes down the I-5 to Seattle. That's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough pill to swallow. I don't think he... People have mentioned he, the rumors that he could go to Calgary. The, the Flames are all in on Daryl Sutter. They're not, they're not canning him for Travis Green. Even in Seattle. I think they're eyeing up a guy like Rod Brindamore from the Carolina Hurricanes. Very much connected to Ron Francis, who's going to be running the Seattle Kraken. So... I mean, it's been reported before, Travis Green's family lives in Southern California. That's where his family lives. He lives by himself here in the Lower Mainland. Could the Anaheim Ducks be in the cards? We mentioned it on this show before. Dallas, their rebuilding team, Travis Green has shown he can help build, you know, a a core of of young players. Lise Patterson, Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser... The list goes on. It would be an absolute travesty, an absolute shame, a stain on this organization if they can't come to terms with these two guys and let them walk for nothing. And I get the whole money thing, COVID, whatever. But presumably, again, fans will be back in the stands next season, next October. Who are you going to sell these tickets to? And I know you're worried about season tickets and selling tickets, and that's why you're cutting back. But who is there going to be left to sell tickets to if you don't re-sign these two guys? Consumer confidence will go down the shitter if you can't re-sign these two guys in Travis Green and Ian Clark. It would be a damn shame, a damn, damn shame if you can't re-sign those two guys. Anyways, that is today's Friday episode of Power of the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It would be much appreciated. It helps us go up the rankings, helps us provide more quality content for everyone out there. Once again, this is Power of the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts. I'm your host, Nick Bondi. Thank you for listening.